An Instagram post gets an unexpected boost. A TikTok catches in the algorithm. Sometimes that's all it takes to launch someone into internet fame. But then what? This Blew Up is a new podcast documentary that reveals how social media stardom is made. It's a different kind of fame that's not always as glamorous as it looks. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Alyssa Bereznak. You can listen to This Blew Up on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of reals always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Hello and welcome to Ringer Dish. 10 Days of Lindsay Lohan continues. I'm Amanda Dobbins. I am joined by Amelia Wedemeyer, the, the Lindsay Lohan expert of the Ringer Dish, I would say. How are you Thank feeling? You. What day is this of Lindsay Lohan? Do you know? Five, maybe? Okay. Five? Halfway. It's seven. Oh, it's seven. seven. Oh, okay. okay. Wow. Sorry. Clearly I'm off. Okay. Yeah. It's seven. That's what it is. Thank you to Kaya, our producer. I guess this is like an apt subject for day seven of the Lindsay Lohan profile. It's chronologically representative. We are today talking about the Canyons profile. So that's, that's very specific. The Canyons is a 2013 feature film that Lindsay Lohan starred in. It was written by Brett Easton Ellis, directed by Paul Schrader. And co-star James Dean, that's with two E's, who is a very early 2010s famous like porn star. He but he like he had a real moment around the the release of the canyons, I would say. And it's an infamous movie, but I would say it's an even more infamous piece of magazine journalism in the New York Times Magazine, a piece Mm -hmm. written by Steven Roderick uh, about the making of this film. And Steven Roderick had unlimited access, or maybe not unlimited. I, I, you know, I don't really know the negotiations, but a tremendous amount of access and saw a lot of things happen over the course of making (laughs) this film. And it has kind of become 
it's really lodged in my mind when we were putting together the schedule of 10 days of Lindsay Lohan. Like, this is what I volunteered. I was like, I would like to talk about this piece because yeah. it's like the eighth or ninth comeback or this time will Lindsay Lohan get it together in her career at this point? Like, I've sure. sort of lost count. Um, but it comes at a um, yet another pivotal moment in her career. Right. And it just documents for me better than anything else, like what actually was going on with her to the, and yeah. maybe not what was going on with her, but the most like empathetic and, but also detail oriented version of all of the onset drama and that we like heard about in the tabloids for so many years. And it kind of g- gives you like a real sense of what you were dealing with, both in terms of unprofessional behavior, you might say, but mm-hmm. also like real talent and yeah. real ambition and the very weird world that she lives in or lived mm-hmm. in. This is like 2012, 2013, I guess. The piece came out in January 2013. Right. And just kind of like what creates a Lindsay Lohan? It's like a behind the scenes thing. So yes. it's it has really lodged in my mind, but I hadn't reread it in many years. I'm curious what your, like, I don't know. What did you think when you reread it? Because you had read it before, right? Right. Yeah. It's one of those articles that I have saved on like my computer just because I just love it. I think it's a great piece of journalism. And it's interesting too. I kind of remembered from reading it several years ago um, that the director who you said, Paul Schrader, is he's kind of going through like a parallel to what Lindsay is as well. Yes. Like he wrote the script for Taxi Driver and Raging yeah. Bull. Correct. And, and then he directed American Gigolo, more recently first performed. He's like, right. He, yeah, he's a, um, a Hollywood um, oddity, but also like a very revered person. Like all, like Sean Fantasy, my co-host on The Big Picture, loves him. Like all the all the Letterbox boys really love Paul Schrader. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, pe- obviously, he's done a lot of great stuff, but this was kind of at a moment in his career where he couldn't get anything funded, and like they were, they had to sell stuff, like uh, something, a money clip that Robert De Niro gave him on the set of Taxi Driver to yeah, fund this movie. It was a Kickstarter production, which is another like really early 2010s aspect of this profile that's yeah. so funny. I mean, remember in like 2011 where everyone was like funding their music video or their their right. like, Shark Tank company. Like yes. on Kickstarter, but like a lot of movies and a lot of reboots actually, or like the, remember like the Veronica Mars, like, oh my God. Movie. Yes. I think there were a few, but the first one was definitely first like Kickstarter funded, which was when, you know, like it, it was sort of like GoFundMe, but for art is like the best way that art, I right, can explain exactly. what Kickstarter was. But yeah, so they raised, it was like a $250,000 budget, which is like nothing. And much of that was raised on Kickstarter. And yes, the the money clips are really funny detail. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it was like so interesting to see that they're there. Those two are kind of doing their own thing. We even have Brett Easton Ellis who wrote the script, like you said here, and he's just like kind of there kind of like just in the corner. We've got the, the James Dean aspect, which I, which 
now I don't know if you saw, but like he's had a lot of allegations against him um, within the last few years. Oh, I don't know that. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's tough. It's tough. And it w- it's interesting too. going back and reading this. There's I have some poll quotes, but like they they talk about how girls love him on like Tumblr. And so he's like a, a nice gentle looking like porn star. But in reality, he he wasn't. He isn't. But it's interesting because Brett Easton Ellis picks up on this and it, they even said it in the piece itself. He said, but Ellis didn't see Dean as harmless. He wrote the script with Dean in his head for the role of Christian, a classic Ellis sociopathic trust funder convinced, quote, there was a devil behind the Jewish boy next door cute guy, which and Ellis's read was completely right, which is interesting to look back on now. I mean, obviously, it's horrible what he did. But um, so I found that fascinating. Yeah, we should say so the, the Canyons was rated NC-17 and is a pretty right. sexually explicit uh, film. And that was communicated to all of the stars from the outset. But Amelia, to your point, one scene that really stuck out to me that I read in a different way than I did the first time was there is a, there's a foursome at one point uh, in the film and Lindsay Lohan is asked to take all of her clothes off and participate with the, um, the James Dean and two other porn actors, I believe. And she is uncomfortable and, you know, doesn't want to come out. And so the process by which the director, Paul Schrader coaxes her into finally doing the sex scene is really uncomfortable it's not great and it's not shocking yeah it it, correct it is it's shocking and it is absolutely not a thing that would fly uh in 2022 with the you know uh there were no intimacy coordinators in 2011 (laughs) or 2012 when this was going on but i but i think you're really right to point that out amelia that um that there's some between the lines stuff going on here, not about Lindsay Lohan Um, that puts her in like a pretty uncomfortable position. And I think even that behind the scenes filming scene is, is like written with empathy for her Mm -hmm. in a way where you pick up like that. This is pretty uncomfortable. Um, And yeah, which is just like not the type of coverage that she was ever getting from anyone else for almost right. a decade. And the, it's mentioned several times throughout that this writer even talks to her. It's like, God, you are so talented. And and which she is, obviously. And mm-hmm. he gives her like, he was talking about how she made herself cry and everyone waited for her. She comes back and he says, now without the garish makeup, Lohan looks sadly beautiful and it was easy to see why men like Schrader were willing to put their lives in their, her hands. Just like she's a really talented actress. I mean, there's something dark going on and he touches on the fact that her father was really abusive and whatnot. And she's just, and you know, she, she even makes a mention of that, like almost as like right. a dry messed up aside after the the James Dean character is asked to do like really there's a scene of violence scene. in between between the two characters. This, I mean, right. this, the Cannons is a really messed up movie. But it anyway. really is. Yeah, no, totally. And and she actually makes constant jabs or at least you you read them like she's talking about how there was a she was in a photo shoot and a stylist wanted to put her in like vertical or horizontal stripes. And she's like, that's I mean, 
it's not a great idea. I mean, as someone who's, you know, going to jail all the time, which 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 makes you sympathize with her because she's, you know, right, she's that, funny. She's deprecating. That's a self-aware uh, reference that Lindsay Lohan herself makes in the piece. I totally agree with you. I was struck by all of those moments. I was also struck by one, a couple classic moments that I honestly think by giving like the detail of like the quote unprofessional behavior, like kind of lessened them to me. And they're just a little bit weirder than, but you know, or I felt like for so many years, I just read in Us Weekly, like Lindsay Lohan, you can't assure her she's terrible. These all sorts of things. And you know, it's strange behavior. Like when she agrees, she wants to go out to lunch. And so she goes out to lunch, um, Schrader and the other filmmakers are concerned that she won't come back to lunch because she does have a um, slightly unreliable track record with showing up when she's supposed to show up. Sure. And so they say that she has to go with like a minder. And so Lindsay Lohan, her publicist and some friends leave with the minder and they're filming at some home in Malibu, like in the canyons above Malibu. So and those homes are very often gated. So they make it to the gate of the Malibu compound, at which point. Lindsay Lohan and her entourage like jump out of the handlers, right. the minders car. Like they just like they just stage a, a jailbreak, but of the <laughs> car and they run through yeah. the gate to one of her assistants waiting cars and like a head off to lunch, which like I, that's <laughs> <What>? wild. <laughs> that's really that's I, like and that's not even like totally troubling behavior it's just like that's a level of dedication to getting away from the weirdos that is really certainly memorable but just strange and there there were a few things like that where you know she's still living in the Chateau Marmont in uh right right. 2013 somehow I think she owes them almost for fifty thousand dollars yeah and just like swans around and then regularly like doesn't show up for rehearsals where you're just like, I don't, this is, it's, it, it reminds you that at some point celebrities lives just become different from our lives. It's just strange. <laughs> Completely. Well, it's also weird too. It's like, she talks, you know, I mean, she, I love her, but sometimes it's like you read that she goes out partying when she shouldn't go out partying. They talk about, you know, she was uninsurable because you didn't know whether she would show up for these things. And they give a couple of examples like he wanted to fire her because she didn't show up for several days. She heads to his hotel and she pounds on all the doors until she finds Paul Schrader's room. And he said that he could hear her crying and she wouldn't let or he wouldn't let her in. She stayed outside for 90 minutes sobbing, which is just like, this is this level of access also is just, it again is crazy. And it's just yeah. to hear this story is like, what? And then it happens again when she's out partying with Lady Gaga and she, but uh, like, I, I really, I love that detail because it's also, you know, like 2012 Lady Gaga is very different from the Lady Gaga sure, yeah. in our lives right now. And that's a little one where it's like she's partying with Lady Gaga till 530. And then she is right. on set the next she day. She is, yeah. She's not in the greatest shape because who among us would be? Would but be, it's right. Like, you know, Lindsay Lohan gets a lot of flack for that. But Lady Gaga also participates in the 
partying till 6 a.m. Maybe she didn't have the same commitments that morning. But <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Even there, I'm a little bit like, this is unfair. It takes two to party, you know? It does. No, it definitely does. And you're right. She did show up. It was, um, it just, it's just fascinating that, I don't know, that she can do this. And then it's, we also see her call out um, to the writer of how James Dean was being really disrespectful to Paul Schrader because they got into a screaming match. And it's it's just like, okay, and so you don't think what you're doing is like, so right, she can yeah. acknowledge that she sees something that is disrespectful and it's clearly disrespectful, but at the same time, doesn't always apply it to herself, which is, is fascinating. And I think is again, like a level of fame or a level of celebrity, a level of importance that you assign to yourself where it's like you're kind of above it almost. Right. And also that... I think a lot of other people assigned to you as well. You know, she, I mean, mm-hmm. at this point she's living in such a bubble. I, I think that there are like several different assistants, you know, who mm-hmm. come in and out of the story and like aren't even oh, right. remarked upon or identified, you know, it's like, there's a new assistant and there's assistant over here. And you just like, it's a, it's a remarkable portrait of her very, very weird world. And I feel like the closest that I've ever come to maybe not understanding, but at least having a sense of like what was going on or how it all works, you know? Yeah. And which is another reason that I'm so fascinated with this profile, because I do feel like it sort of ruined uh, celebrity access for the rest of the world. Like this was the last one. (laughs) You know, and then everyone <laughs> yeah. was like, oh, uh, perhaps we shouldn't have done this. Because as you noted, <laughs> it's like a remarkable amount of access to Paul Schrader as well, which, yeah. you know, I think is savvy. And like, we all know what the Canyons is because of this, you know, right. and because yeah. he cast Lindsay Lohan in this moment. I think he's like a savvy person. But yeah, I don't think anyone agrees to do this anymore, like pretty much. And not because of this profile, but I, I think this is this is when the end started. This is the beginning of the end. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I, I definitely agree. It's, it is crazy because this is like weeks on end, you know, and he's getting to sit here and listen to everything. It's just like, like who is paying for him to be here? I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> the New York Times. That's <laughs> okay, another thing. Okay, yeah. That's, the New York Times yeah. probably wouldn't Would pay, they for not pay for it anymore. Yeah, probably okay. not for Damn. literally weeks on end, as you said. <laughs> Though I don't know, maybe, maybe yeah. it was just like two months because uh, it seems yeah, like it maybe. was a short shoot, right? Right. Yeah, that's what they kind of framed it as, I think. Yeah. Which, but it was just, and then you get more like just really crazy quotes. Like uh, Paul Schrader shows the author or the writer, like there's an app, iPhone app that makes things explode. And then he shows a picture with Lindsay Lohan and then he pushes a button and makes her like blow into a million tiny pieces. It's just like all these just crazy things that, you know, might have nowadays leaked out from, you know, a nanny's text messages. Um, And now it's like, but we get this in the New York Times, which is like kind of remarkable. Yeah, I mean, it's an incredible piece of journalism. I don't know whether the Canyons is an incredible piece of art. Um, Yeah, I don't know about that. It is like the basically the last movie she makes for almost a decade. It's wild. Well, and it's interesting that you're right. She, she that is it is essentially the last one, and we get a like a little hints of here and there. Not well, like they're not really hints. It's just like obvious statements that she feels. You know, she doesn't necessarily like working with James Dean, and she's afraid that 
he's going to totally overshadow everything she does. And at the end, she's like, she's she and her mom watch a cut of it and they notice that, you know, there's a lot of focus on James and and they freak out and they get really angry. And and so it's just it's interesting. She she kind of knows what's happening. Yeah. Um, in terms and then of I, I waning think star power. She declines to promote the film. Um, oh, at some point, but it's unclear whether I, this is also shortly hereafter is when she does the Oprah. Oh my Network God! Series, which the Lindsay Owen I did not revisit because sure you know, that was that was another tough time. But I think it was this re- promoting this movie was not going to be compatible with the work that she was uh, doing personally at that time, or also maybe yeah. she didn't like the cut. Of of the movie that she saw. It's unclear. But yeah. Right. And then I think she has one more movie. Like in between the canyons and the Christmas movie that's coming out at the end of yeah. this week. That's she does so like wild. S- some short films and some other work. But when Jody and I talked about her, like her movies for the first episode for like the most underrated, I was stunned by how short her filmography is in the yeah. 2010s. Like this is kind of yeah. it. So it's crazy. It's like just I, I it's almost unbelievable. I mean, I, I mean I believe it, but also I'm just like, what? Yeah. How how can this be? Right. And yeah. Which is like another reason this this profile is like, you know, memorializing one last right. shot of one of 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 a, a very famous celebrity if not movie star whether Lindsay Lohan is a movie star is I guess something that we can discuss after we watch the Netflix films um yes. anyway thank oh, yeah. you for rereading this with me this was great I had a great yeah. time rereading it I forgot how many little gems are hidden throughout this whole thing so it was I agree can I ask one more sure. question when you say yeah. that you have this saved on your computer what does that mean for <laughs> uh-huh. you I have like I've downloaded the PDF Okay. And stored it in a little just a uh, file of like little articles that I like to reread from. And do you know no, no, this is what I'm talking. I love to know how people do this. So like how often do you open the folder? Uh, probably whenever I get bored or just like want think about it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I forget. I need to reread that. Uh, so okay. like, you know, every I wouldn't say it's every month, but I would say at least like once a year. OK. Can you tell yeah. us any of the other articles that are in the folder? Sure. I have like a whole one devoted to Lindsay Lohan, like a oh, bunch yeah. of Lindsay what Lohan What else is ones. in them? Wow. This is unplanned Lindsay Lohan content. This is amazing. Um, two of my favorite Lindsay Lohan articles are the covers that she did for Vanity Fair. One was mm-hmm. February 2006. The other was... Yeah, that's uh, the sweater and the topless one. We Juliet and I talked about that on Jam Session. It's yes. a memorable one. It's great. And there's the Adrift one from October 2010 from Nancy Joe that I love and I think is really great. Oh, wow. Uh, I don't yeah. remember that one, but... Nancy Joe in 2010. I'm I'll sure send that's, it to you. It's good. I'm sure that's quite something. <laughs> it is. It's pretty amazing. There's also one at kind of the beginning of the height of her, like that year in 2004, she did for mm-hmm. W Magazine, where she talks about just becoming famous. And uh, I love that one. I think that, and there are really great photos accompanying that one. So, okay. Yeah. Those are my, those are like my top Lindsay ones for sure. Yeah. Does anyone else have a folder, like a subfolder in the folder? 
No, no one else. There's okay. just Lindsay. Yeah, okay. Lindsay's the only one that gets the treatment. Right. Yeah, that's great. That's why I said you were the Lindsay Lohan expert. Um, okay. Well, thank you for rereading this one with me. We will be back tomorrow. What's day eight? Day eight is, I think it's myself and Jody, and we're watching uh, the first episode of Lindsay Lohan's Beach, beach House, Mykonos. Wow. Congratulations yeah. to both of you. I Thank look you. forward to listening to that episode. Uh, and we will be back tomorrow with more Lindsay Lohan. Thanks so much. And thank you to Kaya McMullen for producing this episode. Okay, bye. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.